G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The Christian no longer has to be under the power of sin. But the devil whispers in your ear, you'll never change. You'll always be this way. I'll always have a hold of you. And we can just say to the devil, you're a liar and you're the father of lies. Pastor Greg Laurie points out the folly of listening to the devil's deception and reminds us we're free from his influence. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. Sometimes believers give the devil more credit than he deserves. I couldn't help myself, the devil made me do it. Not really. Sin requires our cooperation. We don't fall into sin, we jump. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out how our adversary and our sinful nature may conspire to lure us, but we can stand in the Lord's victory over temptation. How? That's what today's study is about. Pastor Greg Laurie helps us chart a path towards spiritual success. was invited a while ago to a, a film premiere. Actually, it was uh, an opportunity to see the film before it went nationwide. It was directed by acting and directing legend Clint Eastwood. And the film was called The 1517 to Paris. It's a true story of three men who stopped a terrorist attack on a train bound for Paris. And there was a faith element because all three of these young men met in a Christian school. So there was, uh, there was that element of faith to it. So after the film was over, standing there in the lobby with a crowd of people around him was none other than Mr. Clint Eastwood. And so I thought, I'm gonna say hello to him. And so I waited for a moment and I walked up and I thanked him for making a film with a faith element. And he said to me, well, you know, these young men could not have done what they did without help from above. And then he squinted his eyes and looked at me and said, Feeling lucky, punk? And, what? <laughs> and then I heard this song. Okay, these are really dated references. Some of you understand what I'm talking about. Some of you don't. That's a theme song from one of his films and a line from one of his films as well. Well, speaking of Clint Eastwood, he was having a conversation with country star Toby Keith. They were out golfing. I read this in a magazine article. And uh, so Toby commented on how active Clint still was at his age and still making movies. And he asked Clint Eastwood, what is your secret? Eastwood simply replied, I don't let the old man in. I thought, that's a good line. I thought, that'll preach. In fact, that's my sermon title, Don't Let the Old Man In. You know, it's kind of hard to do because as you get older, you start doing old person stuff. You don't plan on it, but you just do. You know what I'm talking about. 
Like wearing your pants too high. Where, where does that start? <laughs> when did it seem like a good idea to no longer wear your pants down where your hips are, but I'm gonna bring them up to where my chest starts. I think this is a good place. Or, you know, when you're a man, you start missing patches when you shave, of course. Uh, and another thing old people do is they drive way too slow, right? And you get behind them, it's like, seriously? And then you go around them. And I don't know about you, but if you go around somebody that's going too slow, do you ever look at them? It's, you know, who is this person? And they're like, lean really forward like this on the car, you know, the windshield's right here. It's like, well, do you have to be that way? It's a, you know, things you say you'll never do, you start doing these things. Another thing about older people is the filter sort of disappears and they say whatever they think. And they're often cranky about something and they'll just complain about something. And there's actually uh, a lot of traits of getting older. I think for one thing, older people like routine. They like to know what's coming. They eat in the same restaurants. They order the same meal. Uh, and they like everything to be predictable. But there are telltale signs that you're getting old. You know you're getting old when you don't care where your spouse goes as long as you don't have to go along, right? <laughs> you know you're getting old when your idea of happy hour is a nap. <laughs> you know you're getting old when you actually look forward to a dull evening at home. You know you're getting old when you have a party and your neighbors don't even know. <laughs> you know you're getting old when you sink your teeth into a steak and they stay there. <laughs> you know you're getting old when your tie does not come anywhere near the top of your pants. That's another thing. They start tying their ties too short. Maybe that's why they hike their pants up. I see a connection here as well. You know you're getting old when you bend over to tie your shoes and wonder what else you can do when you're down there. Is that not true? Okay, I'm gonna tie my shoe and if there's anything I need to do, anything I need to pick up, I wanna do it now, right? Telltale signs of getting old. So today I wanna talk to you about not letting the old man in. But actually I'm not speaking about age. I'm talking about that sinful nature that we all have. And that's what Paul is talking about here in Romans 6. In fact, he calls that nature the old man. So let's read Romans 6, verses 6 to 11. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him, for the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Paul now is showing us how to not let the old man in, that old sinful nature. Really, in Romans 6, he sort of shifts gears. Romans 1 to 5, he talks about the sinfulness of man and just really makes a case for the fact that everyone has sinned. The moral people sin, immoral people sin, religious people sin. We all fall miserably short, but Christ died for our sin. And if we'll turn from our sin, he'll forgive us. Okay, but now in chapter six, we're dealing with a new theme, and it's really sanctification. 
Uh, what is sanctification? Sanctification is something that takes place over a period of time. For instance, salvation or regeneration happens in a moment, bringing a sinner from spiritual life to death. But sanctification, in contrast, is an ongoing process. Salvation is where we're forgiven of past sin. Sanctification is where we break free from the power of sin. So Paul is showing us now how this works out in our life. When you were baptized, how many of you have been baptized in water? Raise your hand up. Well, every one of us should be baptized. When we're baptized and we go into the water and come out, it's a symbol of dying to the old nature, the old life. In fact, in Romans 6, 4, he says, we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we may live new lives. But what does that mean practically? Okay, if you're taking notes, here's point number one. The Christian no longer has to be under the power of sin. Let me say that again. The Christian no longer has to be under the power of sin. Verse seven, for he who has died has been freed from sin. But some might say, well, I still sin. So what's wrong with me? Let me ask you a question. How many of you committed a sin this week? Raise your hand. You committed a sin. How many of you committed a sin today? Raise your hand. Really? <laughs> it's kind of early. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> Let's share. Here, I'll hand the mic. No. How many of you are committing a sin right now? Don't raise, don't raise your hand for that. This is the problem. We know we're freed from the power of sin, but we still sin. And we don't like it. But maybe we say, well, there's just really no way to overcome it. I'm always gonna be this way. As Oscar Wilde once said, quote, I can resist anything but temptation. See, I'm, I'm fine in between temptations. But man, as soon as it comes, I, I have no willpower. I just cave in. There's no way I can change. Or maybe you look at your own life and you say, well, this is a pattern that runs on my family. My father always had a temper. So I'm always gonna have a temper and I'm gonna scream and yell and throw things too. Or my mother was an alcoholic and so I'm gonna end up as an alcoholic too. There's just no getting around it. Or my parents divorced and that means that I'm gonna end up divorced as well. Listen, Stop talking that way. That's stinking thinking. <laughs> That's not how a Christian should think. Because Christ can break the cycle of sin in your life. I know this from experience. Conceived out of wedlock, alcoholic mother, married and divorced seven times. My life could have so easily gone the wrong direction. But I believed in Jesus Christ and he changed the course of my life. And if he can do it for me, he can do it for anybody. And so this is what God can do. But you know, I think we think, oh no, this is the way it's always gonna be and, and that's the direction I'm gonna go. Not necessarily because Jesus Christ has freed you from the power of sin. Now look, before you were a Christian, you really had no ability to resist sin. In fact, the Bible even tells us that before we are believers in Jesus, we are held by the power of the devil. Second Timothy 2.28 says we should pray that non-believers come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap for they've been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. But this is no longer true. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. 
Listen to this. The power of God over sin in your life right now is more powerful than Satan's power was. I heard one kid say to an older sibling, you're not the boss of me. I don't have to do what you tell me to do. Well, you can say to the devil, you're not the boss of me. You can say to sin, you're not the boss of me anymore. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. You don't have to be controlled by sin any longer. Verse two, how shall we who are dead to sin live any longer in it? And by the way, that phrase live in it means to swim in it or to breathe its air or let it be the main tenor of your life. Listen, whoever continues to sin without remorse is not in danger of losing their salvation. Rather, by their choices, they reveal they may have never had salvation to begin with. So we've been freed by sin. Point number two, you're no longer a slave. So stop acting like one. Uh, verse six, knowing that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, we should no longer be slaves to sin. One of the worst national sins of America was slavery. And after the Civil War ended, President Lincoln signed what is known as the Emancipation Proclamation. All slaves, young and old, were finally given their freedom. But history tells us that many of the older slaves who had endured years of servitude did not fully understand their new status. And in fact, many slaves stayed on the plantation. Fast forward now to the 20th century and there's still a lot of prejudice and bigotry shown to African American people in states like uh, South Carolina and Alabama and Georgia. They were still treated like second class citizens. Segregation was the rule. African American people had to stay in separate hotels and eat in separate restaurants and use separate restrooms and see degrading signs over a drinking fountain with words like, for colored people only. So along came Martin Luther King who stood up for the rights of black people. And he gave that great speech there in Washington DC and I quote from it, five score years ago a great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree is a great beacon of light and hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. But a 100 years later, said Dr. King, the Negro is still not free, end quote. He was right. And there were various people that stood up for their rights because they said, we're no longer slaves and we are not gonna live like slaves. And one of those people was Rosa Parks. They call her the first lady of civil rights. If you know her story, uh, she was on a bus in Alabama and the rule was you had to give up your seat to a white man if you were a black person uh, on a bus. And she refused. She basically said, I'm not a slave and I'm not gonna live like a slave and we need to say the same thing to sin today. We're not slaves anymore and we're gonna be free people. Because Jesus issued his own emancipation proclamation from the cross of Calvary when he cried out the words, it is finished. The power of sin is broken in your life so you can start living like a free person. Now listen, Jesus paid the penalty for your sin. He freed you from the power of sin. 
And soon in heaven, he's gonna remove you from the presence of sin. Now most believers know he took our penalty when he died in our place, but they fail to realize that he also frees us from the power of sin, not just from the guilt, but the grip of sin. But the devil whispers in your ear, you'll never change. You'll always be this way. I'll always have a hold of you. And we can just say to the devil, you're a liar and you're the father of lies. Pastor Greg Laurie with great encouragement today about standing before God and how we don't have to subject ourselves to the devil's deception. And there's more to come as this study continues here on A New Beginning. Next time, join us as Pastor Greg shares more encouragement on letting our new nature rule in our hearts. Today's message from Pastor Greg Laurie was called Don't Let the Old Man In. If you'd like to listen again, just download the free Vision Christian Media app where it's available as a podcast, along with more inspiring Christian content. Just search your app store for Vision Christian Media. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 